One of the most polarizing things you can call someone with a disability is inspirational. People either love it or hate it. My name is Nate. I'm a wheelchair user, and I call my show We're the Inspiration, featuring real stories about people with disabilities and some of the people closest to them. These stories are not designed to inspire, just to entertain. A lot of times I follow up with someone who's been on the show before because something has happened in their life that I think is worth talking about. This person is going to tell her story in just a minute. But first, Tennille Houston, thank you for being the inspiration for another episode. You are welcome. Happy to be here. So you didn't tell me this story. Uh, I saw it on TikTok, but it was interesting to me because you usually don't talk on TikTok. You just dance. Yes. But this was something that happened to you that I felt was worth talking about because it's probably going to be very polarizing to people. So tell everybody what happened and why you thought it was worth sharing. As a wheelchair user, I used to keep myself, try to be as small as possible, try to blend in. I'm always apologizing like, hey, sorry, excuse me, can you scoot over? And in this last couple of years, as I've been embracing my wheelchair self and like, I deserve to take up space in this world. Part of that's been like developing a community where I feel like I am not alone, I guess. So these things happen to me. And this time, I guess it just hit me just right where I was like, I want to talk about this because this is something that happens all the time. Are you asking why I put it on TikTok? For someone that doesn't, Oh, yeah, to tell the story. Talk a lot on social media. Because again, you just dance on social media. That's what you're comfortable with doing. And I respect that. Don't get me wrong. But what stood out about this incident to you? Of course, we're going to get to what it is. But what stood out about this to make you actually want to talk about it? So I had been asked by a church group to be a special guest presenter. And I taught them Zumba, seated Zumba. Everyone sat in a chair. They had received it well. And I'd had this great interaction and feeling really good. And then afterwards they were switching rooms and I'm waiting in the doorway because I know I take up space in my wheelchair. And so I'm just waiting for people to pass through before I'm gonna go in the same hallway. And this older lady, she was walking down the hallway. She had a cane, she's moving slowly. And she looks at me and says, I wish I could trade you places. I actually asked people on TikTok, like, is this offensive to you? Like, should I be offended? Because I felt offended, but I feel like I'm supposed to be above being offended. But I was. And it's happened before, but I guess this time I was like, I'm going to propose this question to people and ask them what they think. You might be getting into this, but it's interesting, the responses. You mentioned polarizing earlier. And I've noticed the responses have been. Some people are like, yeah, that's offensive. Just because you're old doesn't mean you have a right to just say whatever you want. (laughs) 
right? And then I've had some, my people around me texted me to see if I was okay. And I'm like, yes, I'm totally fine. I just was, you know, hit by this incident, not hit, but like, it just struck me as something that I wanted to talk about. But my non-disabled friends, they said, you know, she probably meant well, she was probably just in pain. She probably wanted to sit down. And I guess I know them because they're my friends. But as far as like responses on TikTok and Instagram, I've seen mixed, like, yes, they would be offended or no, she's probably just saying those things. And I guess I don't know if she says those to non-disabled people, but I just feel like there was something about me that makes her zero in on me. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm in a group of people. She looks right at me and says, I wish I could trade you places. That's the part that feels offensive. Like, why are you looking at me? You don't even know me. Well, let's go back to the beginning of what you said. Because one of the first things you said that struck me was, I'm paraphrasing here, but you try to live your life in some ways as small as you can. Yes. You've only used a wheelchair, you said last time, for about 12 years. Uh-huh. It took me less time than that as a wheelchair user to realize that if you have a physical disability that's visible, you can't live your life small like that. People are going to, in their own minds, have you stand out no matter yes. what, especially if they don't know you. Yes. If they do know you, they start to forget about it eventually. Yes. Right? But for those strangers, the ones that basically only see you for the physical disability, that is what stands out. Yes. So you're saying, like, just embrace the standing out. I think to an extent you have to. Yeah. Well, it sounds kind of contradictory because I put myself on social media doing my dances, which you think makes me, you know, stand out and be loud. And I guess it's like that option has been taken away. I don't get to decide when I stand out and when I just blend in. So being in a wheelchair is like, yeah, you're going to stand out. Let me share with you the greatest single piece of advice I've ever gotten in my entire life. This was when I was in high school. My English teacher at the time said to me, you know, you command attention whether you want to or not. And it's what you do with that attention that's going to make the difference for you. That's true. Yeah. I think for you, you put a positive vibe out there with the dancing. But maybe the fact that that is maybe 90% of what you do with social media, instead of talking, I think maybe that has to do with you still trying to live smaller than you could. Yes. Yeah. Because I am terrified of offending people, which means I don't speak my mind. And I think maybe I've got like my mom in my mind where it's like, just be nice to everyone. You know, you don't know if they're having a nice day or not. Give everyone a chance. And I guess I'm just afraid of saying things wrong. 
That's interesting to me in itself, just because, again, when you have a physical disability and it's visible, you said you're worried about offending people. Usually it's other people worried about offending you. See, dancing is not offensive unless no. you don't like it, then you just scroll past it. But talking, yeah, that's when you let your real self be known, which is what I'm avoiding, <laughs> I guess. See, I'm the kind of person that I like to think I don't get upset very often, but when I do, certain people in my life think it's hilarious because when I get upset, I do not care what comes out of my mouth. And certain people find that really funny. So when you have a job like I do where, you know, it's literally talking anyway. Yeah. Sometimes I got to let it fly. But, you know, if that's not in your personality, I can't fault you for it. And I think the other thing is I have tried. I'm sure you've heard this phrase, like, don't feel sorry for yourself. Right. Sure. A hundred thousand times, probably. So I've heard that so much. I know someone else always has it worse. Anyways, I've heard those phrases a lot. And I'm sure they're meant to be helpful. But I took it as don't show that you're struggling with what you're going through. Kind of like your podcast, like be inspirational, right? Like my kids as teachers will say, wow, I'd be like, look at Zach's mom. She's in a wheelchair and she's overcoming her difficulties. And so I feel like I have to be that positive, inspirational piece. Like she's in adversity and still has a smile on her face. I assume that people who don't know me see me in a wheelchair and think I'm feeling sorry for myself. So when I really thought hard about that interaction, I think what I was feeling is because I'm sitting in a wheelchair, she assumed I was feeling sorry for myself and I actually should be feeling sorry for her. So that is how I take those interactions. Well, what I was going to ask you, because you said you felt like you should rise above it, but something yeah. in your mind wasn't letting you. That's what I was going to try to touch on but you basically just answered that question so here's an interaction i had years ago i was in california with my family we're at the beach and this homeless gentleman i'm assuming homeless maybe i shouldn't assume he came up to me and my family he'd been playing the guitar doing his thing and then he came right up to me and said now don't you feel sorry for yourself you've got this his eyes narrowed on me and it was like, don't feel sorry for yourself. Like you've got a lot going for you and all this stuff. And I hadn't said a word. So I felt like you seeing me made you think that I was feeling sorry for myself. Like, and that feels rude to me. It is why rude. would being in a wheelchair, why would that spark someone saying now make sure you don't feel sorry for yourself and I'm like I was feeling great I was feeling on top of the world at this moment why are you telling me that you know that could be attributed I think to a couple different things it could be just the wheelchair it could be the fact that I don't know there are times in your life and I'm paraphrasing again where you sort of 
appear to be meek, so to speak. And I think that happens often with interactions between someone with a disability and someone who doesn't have one. But I think there's a different dynamic when it's two people with disabilities. And I wasn't there, so I can only speak so much on this, but I've had interactions like you've described with people who would just automatically assume I was feeling sorry for myself. But the interactions I've had with other people that have disabilities usually are more along the lines of empathetic. Uh huh. Sometimes I just will nod my head at another person in a wheelchair because we just have this innate understanding of what the other person is going through, whether it's good or bad, right? Yeah. With the way you were describing that incident, I assume that's what it was. Because if it were someone that didn't walk with a cane or some sort of other apparatus that assisted a disability, Mm -hmm. I think that would be a completely different vibe. That'd be weird if someone said, I would trade you places. It's like, sure, that would be great. Well, based on the way you reacted, I don't know if that would be more offensive or less. (laughs) I can't imagine looking at someone and saying, I wish we could trade places. Like, that just seems so weird. It happens a lot, and it floors me how often it happens, you know? And again, I smile, and it's just like this weird thing. You know what's weird to me is that before I started this podcast, I never really realized how rampant ableism actually is. You're not the first person to tell me that you have incidents like this happen to you all the time. I don't know for me whether it happens less often or I'm just desensitized to it because I don't notice it as much anymore. And again, you've only dealt with your disability for what 12 years so i'm 14 but oh 14 okay that sounds like a very long time to me (laughs) well it is but let's just say you're not a teenager anymore (laughs) so yeah yeah and you know i'm not showing your age here but you've probably had more of your lifetime so far without the disability than with it yeah that's true so That's part of it, I think, for you, is that you're just not as accustomed to it, to that sort of behavior from people, as someone like I would be. Again, it's also different personalities. Obviously, I'm a little more extroverted than you. (laughs) That might be part. I'm super introverted. Yeah. And even without a disability, it was like the typical wallflower like. Saying something in class, I would turn bright red and would not be able to think for maybe another five more minutes. Like, that's how scary answering a question in class was. Oh, wow. And that was like high school, you know? Yeah. Or college. It's still the people looking at me, wheelchair or not. So this wasn't very nice. But in college, my friends would play the game, like, look at Tennille, because I would blush and, like, want to just disappear I mean, that's not even a disability. And again, I know I put my dancing on YouTube and, you know, on social media, but it's different. 
okay, you're an introvert. You don't have to justify the things that you do that okay. are more extroverted. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But the point I would make, and there's no way to justify this either, it seems like a lot of introverted people, especially in environments like school, will get that same treatment of just being made fun of. Yeah. And I was never that person. I tried to get along with everybody. And if you don't understand it, it is kind of funny. Like, yeah. just say the word, look at Tennille, and she'll turn red, you know? I think when I was going to school, there wasn't as much of an emphasis on how many people there are in the world like that. Oh, yeah. The biggest exposure that I got to something like that was I was always the type that would volunteer for like oral presentations because nobody else wanted to do it. I wasn't great at it at the time, but I was the only one that wasn't scared. So I would just do it by default, right? I've got three kids. I'm And uh, my last one is in middle school right now. Sure. And each of them have gone through differently. Like this one, he's more extroverted, likes to have people around him all the time. He's doing fine as well as I know. But my oldest, super introverted. So like middle school are his, like his nightmares. Like he's in college now, but talking about middle school will bring him to tears. Oh, wow. Because I raised them, you know, like their same family, their experiences are 100% different. And the middle one was somewhere in the middle. So I don't know. For what it's worth, I would think that them having different experiences is a good thing. Yeah. Especially if they're negative experiences, you don't want all of them to have the same ones. For sure. As we're talking, I feel like maybe you developing a disability later in life sort of put you back to the mindset a little bit that you were in when you were blushing at having to be called on and answer a question. Yes, that is it. It's the stare at Tennille game all over again. Yeah. That is it. You should be my therapist, Nate. You're doing good. Sometimes I feel like this show is therapy, even for me. And you're right. You saw the difference. Like, I don't talk. I do dance videos. And then I did. So even though I'm saying like, oh, you know, I could see both ways. It's like you knew you're like something made you talk about this. And this is the second conversation we've ever had that lasted more than four seconds. So... (laughs) Either you're very transparent or I'm very good. I'm not sure which. Maybe a combination. (laughs) Yeah. You can't not stick out, like you said. People are going to notice you. (laughs) I mean, that's for better or worse, you know? There are some people out there that are going to treat you like an outcast. And there are some people out there that are going to want to give you special treatment because of your disability, whether you deserve it or not. To a lot of people, both of those things would be bad. I just don't want to be noticed. At all. Like, good or bad. Like, just live your life. Don't notice me. That seems like a dangerous perspective. 
if you don't want to be noticed, but people notice you anyway, yeah. if you go out of your way not to be noticed, for the people that notice you anyway, they're going to think you're doing something nefarious. Oh. <laughs> they're going to think that you have a reason that you don't want to be noticed. Oh, I see. And in contrast, I think my brain thinks if you notice me, it's because you have a bias against being disabled. Which may be true. Or maybe they just don't. The thing is, that may be true. That bias exists all over the place, you know. But you can't actually prove who has it unless those people admit it. That's true. And like, even in my story about what I thought was a homeless person playing the guitar, that's a bias. Oh, that's a hell of a bias. Maybe he just drove his car there and likes to hang out on the beach and play the guitar and tell people how to live their life better. So that was a super bias on my part. I mean, that is a little hypocritical, you know, judging someone like that based on their appearance, maybe, but... I think what that person did to you was the worst example. It felt terrible. Yeah. He wouldn't stop. He's just laser focused on me and my family's right with me. It's not like he had nowhere to look, but I think we were all kind of frozen. Like what's happening right now? There are always going to be those people that assume that someone again, with a visible physical disability, are incapable of things like having families and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't there, but that may have been where that mindset started for that man. I feel like this has taken a turn that I didn't expect, which happens a lot on this podcast for some reason, but I thought we were going to get deeper into why the question you were asking was polarizing to people. Instead, we're getting deeper into why you asked it. (laughs) Yes, you are correct. Yeah. And again, I think part of it has to do with the fact that, and I'm not trying to compare you to anybody else that has a disability, but having one later in life gives you a learning curve. Yeah. And you've said you've had these things happen to you before. I don't know. I guess for everybody that has to deal with that stuff, some of those things are more impactful than others. There are certain things that do roll off my back and there are certain things that, I don't know, stay with me, I guess. And I guess that's part of the whole basis of this show because the whole thing was based on the idea that there are so many people out there that think that people with disabilities living productive lives is somehow inspirational. When it should just be the norm, right? Yes. And so I started this just with the intention of making fun of that concept, which I think I've done pretty well over two years. (laughs) But the longer I do this show, the more I realize people have different perspectives on that because there are people out there that take being called things like inspirational very seriously. I feel like you might be the kind of person that takes everything that's said to you at heart or too hard. Yeah. 
and it makes you sort of wonder what's genuine and what's not. Of me? Of what's said to you. Oh, yeah. The fly trap sticky paper. Whatever's said, I won't think about it or figure out my feelings. But I kind of think it's back like what we talked about with the just staring at Tennille game where that itself is the uncomfortable part, you know? And so now there's something that makes people, well, like you said, makes me stand out. And they stare at you even more. Yes. And that's why you want to hide. Yes. Because I've got kids, they've gone through school. Those parents, they see me, they know me, you know, kind of like I'm not an anomaly anymore. But I go to a new venue. We did basketball at a new town. The amount of staring was like, oh my heavens. Have you ever seen someone by themselves just wheeling? You know what I mean? That's like, I just felt like there was something weird about me wheeling myself that made people stare. Again, everybody with a visible physical disability has to go through that from time to time. Yeah. I think a lot of this, and I keep saying this too, has to do with the fact that at least compared to some people, you're newish to disability. Yeah. So there are some things you're still getting used to about it. Unfortunately, part of that seems to be how people choose to interact with you. Yeah. I feel like, at least in my tone of voice, it sounds like I'm talking down to you. I don't mean to do that, but. (laughs) (laughs) Like, listen, Padawan, this is how it is. Exactly. We were having so much fun the first time, and now I'm lecturing you or something. I don't know. You could argue that it is new, because really, it's only been new in comparison, right? Like, less than half my life. And part of those years were thinking I was going to get better. So that's still not embracing it. No, that's still like waiting until I'm not disabled anymore. And now it's like, yep, this is me. I'm going to stick out. That's how it is. Well, let me tell you why I think this conversation has helped you. Because you're not going to embrace anything that you're not aware of. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking as someone who's had a disability for longer than you have, I just feel like maybe I've, even in how you're explaining certain aspects of your life and, you know, your story about the old woman, even though you feel like this has happened to you all the time, I've still experienced these things in a way that you haven't just because I've been disabled for longer. So I sort of know what to look for sometimes. There definitely is a difference between those interactions with other people with disabilities and people that don't have them and are just sort of being perversely curious, I suppose. But I guess you can't distinguish between the two if you're not as used to it as you think you are. Yeah. This is something that I'm going to focus on, probably not just on 
the podcast, but on TikTok as well, because I've seen a lot of videos where people don't seem aware that they're being ableist sometimes. That's what I think. I think because it doesn't bother them, they don't think about what they're saying. One of the things that bothers me about it is, you know, we're almost in 2023 and there are a lot of isms like racism, sexism, those sorts of things that people know they should steer clear of. And I don't know how we're in this sort of environment in the world. And people don't know ableism is one of those things, too. Right. That said, you know, I don't know whether the woman was being ableist or not. My instinct is no, just because she's had to deal with her own disability. But some of the uh, other examples that you've used throughout this conversation, yeah, definitely ableist stuff going on there. And I can see why that would have affected you in a negative way to shape your viewpoint of that latest interaction. I don't know. I want to know what other people think. Because again, I think that this is a very polarizing thing. Because I think obviously everybody's had their own experiences with stuff like this. Everybody in the community anyway. I don't know. Maybe somebody who's not in the community will hear something like this and be like, you know, I said something like that to somebody in a wheelchair before. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Right. As far as that interaction goes, why sure. would the lady with the cane, why wouldn't she look at an able-bodied person and say that? Like, if you're going to switch places with someone, wouldn't you rather have a body that didn't need the cane? Do you know what I mean? So that's the bothering part is like, why would she look at me and say, let's trade places? Why not look at someone without a visible disability and be like, I want to trade places with Mary. You know what I mean? Okay. There's where the ableist part may come in. That's where you say to yourself, maybe this person who, even though she has a disability, she may think in her own head, this person is as bad off as I am, if not more. I don't know. I took it as this person is not as bad off as me who's hobbling down this hallway. Mm -hmm. You got one person that's not really able to stand up at all versus another person that, you know, is using an apparatus to stand up and walk, but maybe in pain all the time and whatever. So yeah. which is worse? I don't know. But now that I think about it, it's both good and bad, or maybe not even good, but just there are some shades of gray there yeah. because I don't think it's either good or bad, but like, I think the reason that she chose you again is because you also had a disability, but it's hard to explain why she wouldn't have chosen somebody without one. I think maybe to an extent she knew that if she did that, there's no right way to take that. <laughs> right. If you have, again, that dynamic of two people with disabilities, there could be a negative way to take it, but there could be another way to take it that's just like, okay, we both have disabilities and she sees mine as not so bad. 
Hopefully yeah. that's what she meant, but we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And I think it happened so fast, you know, it's not like you stop and have a conversation about it. It's a comment and she's going down the hallway and I'm headed out the back door and we don't know what she means. That's why whenever I'm afforded the opportunity, when I get comments like that, I just say one word. Why? 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 You're right. Yeah. You literally could have said one word. Why? And you could have had a conversation with her right there. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that introvert side of you decided not to do that. Because there's no harm in asking why. There's two sides of your reaction to it, too, because it sort of turned you into, what do they call it, a shrieking violet or whatever. But you also shared it on your social media. So I think it maybe hit both sides of your personality. <laughs> now, I thought in the TikTok, I had left space for it to be either way. Because I was saying, you know, was it offensive? I didn't feel like I came out like, this just happened to me and it was horrible. I don't know you if don't... that was so much your delivery of the story, but it's just one of those situations where there's no right or wrong answer, I think. Right. There could be every chance in the world that this woman meant nothing insulting by what she said yeah there's a chance that she did even if she didn't again depends on your own perspective you can take offense to that if you want but i don't think everybody would yeah but you I, know, the kind of responses i got reflect that mm -hmm. where some like yep i think that how you react to something like that to which they're might not be a bad guy. Yeah. Sort of says more about you than about the person that did it. Yeah. Right. It's a pain point, which people have different sources. Yeah. This really is starting to turn into therapy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We can talk more about that later. <laughs> okay. Part three. Yeah. No. Part three. I want to thank you for part two. Thanks to everybody else for listening. Remember, we're on TikTok, Discord, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Links are going to be in the description. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.